Hi, everybody. Welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in. And we're going to dive right into a subject today. As you know, this podcast attempts to witness the spectrum of human experience. And in my human experience, I have spent, I realize now at this late age and stage of my life, that I have spent way, 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 way too much time worrying about, thinking about my weight, how much I weigh, how much I want to weigh, how much I don't want to weigh, dieting, I should be dieting, or I am dieting and wondering how I'm going to go to that party or on that vacation and, and diet at the same time, and will I be successful? I've recorded my weight for many years in my journal, right at the the start of the entry, I'd write the date, how much I weigh. I gave it so much headline in my life, so much precedent, so much mental space. I gave it so much room. And even if I didn't write it down in my diary or journal, I know mentally like how much I've weighed at all the major milestones of my life. And I'm guessing this probably isn't true for everyone out there, but I know it's true for a lot of you. And even if it isn't weight that you've given too much mental real estate to, maybe it's something else. I'm sure you're going to be able to relate to what I'm going to talk about today. And, you know, I discovered a few years ago, first of all, I've always been a, a journaler. I've written in my diary. I have my very first diary that I got uh, for Christmas in 1976 when I was nine years old, had just turned nine that fall, and I got this red diary. And it was small, you know, maybe it's five inches by four inches, and it's a five-year diary. So it, it has 365 days of the year, and on each day, each day is a page, But on each page, there's five sections. There's all these blue lines. And then there's five sections that is denoted by a red line where you have the space to make an entry for five years on that particular day. And over on the left-hand side, there's a 19 blank because I got it in 1976. So the next five years, I could write in 77, 78, 79. You get the idea. And of course, because it was such a small book and a small diary, I really could only write a couple of sentences for each day. Some days I graded the day like A plus, C minus, B plus. And I kind of remember that I got this from a Judy Bloom book. I don't remember which one, but it seems like there was a Judy Bloom book at the time where the girl, the main character, the protagonist, would grade each of her days in her diary or journal. And so I did that for a while. But a lot of the entries are just super random sentences like, today we went to the lake or today today we went to the grocery store today we went to church today was a good day today in gym class we played dodgeball or we played red rover there's a little bit of boy craziness in there too that i noticed like john k looked at me and smiled i think he likes me i really like scott i think he's so cute but my sister says he likes her she's a jerk you know so there's just really stupid random thoughts like any fourth grader, fifth grader would write in their diary. Um, Not very evolved at that point in my life. But a few years ago, as I was thumbing through my old journals and diaries, I came across an entry 
that stopped me in my tracks. And it was August 31st, 1977. I was almost 10 years old. I was going to be 10 in a couple of weeks. And the entry said, today I was secretary for the stamp club. I was closer to Jesus and I started a diet. And I know those first two lines are kind of funny. Yes, I was actually in the stamp club in Mr. Putnam and Mrs. Redenberg's fourth grade class at North Bay Elementary School. I still have the stamp collection. I haven't figured out what to do with it yet. And I did love Jesus and apparently was worried about being closer to him as a fourth grader. But it was the last line. Today I started a diet at almost 10 years old that stopped me in my tracks. Now, you may be thinking at this point that, you know, I was an obese kid or I was a fat kid and my mom sent me to fat camp and this was a recurring theme in my childhood. And none of that was true. If you saw a picture of me at that age, I don't think you would understand why I thought I needed to start a diet. I think I was pretty standard size for that age. In fact, not long after I found this diary entry, I found a picture of myself at that age. And I thought, wow, why did I think I was fat? I wasn't fat. Now, I wasn't skinny either. You know, my family, we don't breed skinny, bony people. We just don't. There's nobody in my bloodline or in my lineage or in my immediate family that would ever be described as skinny. It's not who we are. We're very healthy eaters. We love food. We're meat and potatoes kind of people. And we enjoy life above all else. So we're not skinny, but we're not obese either. Obesity doesn't run in my family. Again, that's finding that sentence stopped me in my tracks that day. And at first I was shocked. And then I was disgusted with myself for a while because I thought, oh my God, Kelly, you have been dieting for 40 years, over 40 years of your life. Why can't you figure this out? Why do you keep circling around this? Why can't you just get to your goal weight and be done with it? Why is this still something that you write every January 1st as a goal? This year, I'm going to reach my goal weight. This year, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. You know, why can't you figure this out? This has been going on your entire life. Come on, let's go. Get with it. Let's, let's solve this problem. So that was my first reaction. You know, these last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of work on myself in many different areas, in relationships, in healing from trauma. And I've done some therapy. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books. I'm examining my relationship with a lot of different belief systems and really trying to understand where my belief systems come from and where, you know, my thought process, how it developed and how I came to believe the things that I do. And I'm really, I've really been trying to unpack and dismantle, really dismantle these belief systems that I think are dysfunctional and aren't working for me anymore. And after this particular podcast, I'm going to delve into another area of my life that I've been working on, which is my relationship with alcohol. So stay tuned for that. There's going to be, I can't do that in one episode. There's going to be quite a few episodes about that. But anyway, this has kind of been my current mood. And while my first reaction was shock and then disgust, at some point it changed to sadness. I was sad. I was sad for that little nine and a half, ten year old girl who thought she had to start a diet. And you may be wondering, you know, well, gosh, you must have gotten that from somewhere. You know, your mother must have called you fat. Your father must have called you fat. And that's simply not true. My mother has never called me fat that I remember. 
She just wouldn't ever say that. My father has never commented on my weight. I don't even think, you know, in my family and my brothers and sisters, we didn't call each other fat. We just didn't, probably because we weren't. But somewhere along the way, and I've spent a fair amount of time thinking about this, and I've determined that it must have just been messages I received outside of my family. There certainly is enough of them, right, in our culture. You know, it was 1977 at the time, so there was a lot going on in popular culture, especially around women's bodies. Farrah Fawcett poster was what everybody was talking about. I loved Charlie's Angels. I loved watching TV. I loved listening to music. I loved reading Tiger Beat. Also at that time, I can tell by the other entries in my diary, I was getting a little boy crazy because I kept commenting on boys. And I don't know. I was on the verge of hitting puberty. I hadn't quite hit puberty yet, but I suppose I was probably for the first time really thinking about my body in a different way. But somewhere along the line, I got the message that my body was not okay as it was. And the solution to that was to diet and lose weight. As I went on through my life and my teenage years, I know that there were crazy diets. My sister's especially my older sister and I tried. I remember still being in high school and priding myself on not eating throughout the day. I can remember a diet where we ate nothing but beets, which at that time beets made me gag. I mean, these were canned beets. They weren't roasted. They were canned. And I remember gagging them down. I remember a diet where we ate nothing but, you know, hard boiled eggs for a while. And You know, like I said, my mom has never called me fat, but I do know that she's never quite been happy with her body. And she dieted a little bit when we were younger. And I probably picked up on the fact that she wasn't satisfied with her body either. I was an athlete. I loved to run and exercise. And so I was normal weight all through high school. I graduated high school at 117 pounds. I didn't really have to struggle to get there, although it was something that was ever present in my mind. And then I went to college and I gained 15 pounds really fast. And I know that's normal, but I think that's when it really kicked in as an adult. That's when this whole diet weight mentality really kicked into high gear for me because it shocked me, you know, going away to college, gaining all that weight so rapidly. And I immediately started to think about dieting and going on these restrictive diets. And I can remember my sister and I lived together for a while when we were in college and we signed up at this weight loss center and you went in once a week and you got weighed and you got these special vitamins and these special um, little, I don't even know what they were made out of. They weren't nuts. They weren't croutons because you couldn't have bread but something that you put on your salad. Pretty much all you could eat was salad. We lost weight on that, of course, because we didn't really eat anything for a while. And I got back down to where uh, close to where I was when I graduated from high school. But this really set off 20 or 30 years of yo-yo dieting, where I would diet and lose weight and exercise. I love to exercise. I never really stopped exercising. I love it. It makes me feel strong mentally and physically. And it's not something I have to struggle with. But, you know, I've been in this place of yo-yo dieting and losing and gaining, you know, the same 10, 15, 20 pounds repeatedly throughout my adult life. For many, many, many years, I would get so exasperated and frustrated with myself and say, oh, I'm either gaining weight or losing weight. That's it. I'm either gaining or losing. And I'm just now starting to realize that 
I, I don't know. I guess I blamed my body for that, that I, I just had two modes, gaining and losing. I could never just stay the same. But it's really a mental state of mind. It's really a state of mind where I'm either restricting myself and feeling good about it, you know, because I'm losing weight, or I just say the hell with it and eat and drink with abandon. I don't really do that. I actually love healthy food. I don't feel like I have a unhealthy relationship with food. I love it. And I love chocolate and pizza and for a lot of years, loved beer and drinking. You know, I love to have a good time, whether it was with food or alcohol. I don't gorge and I don't binge and I don't purge. And, you know, from that standpoint, I'm fortunate that I don't have an eating disorder. But I just, I have this mental weight that I'm never quite right and that I need to be losing weight. It's amazing to me how long, how many years it takes me to come to these conclusions. But I'm just now figuring out that what I've done to myself, that whole I'm either gaining or losing, is because I have all these last days, right? So I eat. I'm not restricting myself. I'm not dieting. And I then I feel bad about that fact. So then I think, okay, well, I'm going to start dieting tomorrow or I'm going to start dieting Monday. And then what I do, because... I know that that diet is in my future and a diet means super restrictive food. I can't eat what I want. I'm going to eat all that stuff in the next three days, like just cramming as much as I can. I got to get it in because when Monday comes, I can't have any of it. And I know there's those of you listening right now who are saying, duh, like, of course, Kelly, what did you think was going to happen with that kind of mentality? And for me, I'm just now figuring out that it's not my eating habits. It's not that I eat too much. It's not that I don't exercise or I'm not active. It is this mentality that I have around either starving myself with super restrictive eating or eating anything and everything I want to as much as possible because a restrictive diet is coming up. And that shrouded in this belief that my body is not okay that the way it is has resulted in me having all these last days, I call them. In fact, I even wrote about it once, and I'm going to read it for you today. And this just goes to show you, you know, even when I wrote this, I, I still don't think I quite got, I was on the way to, to getting the self-discovery that I needed, but here it is. This is what a typical last day goes like for me. 6.30 a.m., empty bladder, strip naked, step on scale. Nothing to drink, not even a sip of water before the weigh-in. Fingers crossed that I'll be happily surprised. Maybe it won't be as bad as I think. If it's above that threshold I've set for myself, that invisible line that determines whether I'm ugly or pretty, a loser or a winner, worthy or unworthy, then I'll have to make a plan. Shit. Too high. I vow to start a rigid routine tomorrow. This is it. Today will be my last day. Therefore, each meal should be worthy of the last meal a prisoner on death row who was scheduled for a midnight execution might request. 8 a.m. Breakfast. I crave whole wheat toast with peanut butter or Greek yogurt with granola, a tofu smoothie, egg whites, or plain oatmeal with fruit. Nevertheless, I must have a breakfast sandwich from McDonald's because tomorrow I won't be able to. 10.14 a.m. Something stirs in me. I hear my name. 
It's the peanut butter filled pretzels from the kitchen reminding me that this will be my last morning snack. 1 p.m. Lunch. I will go out to lunch. I can't decide what to order because the truth is, I'd rather have my usual brown rice and veggies or salad from home, but if this is my last day, I must get that grilled cheese with french fries or the chicken club with chips. I won't be able to eat that tomorrow. 2.39 p.m. Where did those come from? There's a pile of empty mini candy bar wrappers on my desk that I don't remember eating. I don't remember walking into the receptionist's office and digging a fistful from the candy jar. I didn't even make it until 3 o'clock, which is my usual snack time. 5 p.m. Dinner. Cheese pizza? This would be my last real meal if I were ever on death row. Or do I want a turkey sub with Doritos? Spaghetti? Or should I just drink my dinner and have a few beers? I won't be able to have any after tonight. Do I pass a burned dairy on my way home from work? I think I need their chocoholic ice cream. I'll never be able to have chocolate again. 8.15 p.m. So full from dinner. Don't really want that ice cream, but I won't be able to eat it tomorrow since I'll be on my diet, and I don't want it in my freezer because that's too tempting. <sighs> 11 p.m. My stomach hurts. It's the ice cream. I remember that I'm mildly lactose intolerant. I can't sleep. The caffeine in the chocolate is making my blood race through my veins. Why do I do this to myself? No more last days. No more scale. I'm not going to weigh myself anymore. Who cares if I lose those last 20 pounds again? At the end of my life, it won't matter how much I weigh. It will matter what I've done. Oh, when will this caffeine get out of my system? How many calories did I eat today? 300 for breakfast, 200 for pretzels. How many mini candy wrappers were there on my desk? Oh, I'm way over my calorie limit, but it's okay. It's okay. Tomorrow is a new day, and I have one, two, three, uh, 17. 17 days till Memorial Day. I should be able to lose five pounds at least by then. 10 if I really push it. I wonder what I'm going to weigh in the morning. And that is exactly how so many of my last days have gone. It's, it just blows my mind. And I am committing to myself that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just not going to do that anymore. I reject the notion that beautiful is a size two or that it's any size. That sexy is the absence of fat and body hair and wrinkles and age. That women need to shrink while men take up more space. That people judge me because of how I look. That food has the power to soothe or change me, good or bad. That I'm good or bad based on what or how much I eat or weigh. I'm really excited about this part in my journey. And I've got some other things that I'm working on. I'm, I'm transitioning to my natural hair color. And that has that's a whole nother podcast. But it you know, all gets back to the same thing for me, just rejecting the belief system that I have been brainwashed with that I need this diet, this eating plan, this shake, this energy drink, this set of pills. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much I've spent on diet books, on diet shakes, on specific um, supplements, nutritional things, Weight Watchers, Noom. I, I just, I can't even tell you 
it, and I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not alone. Um, but I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not spending another dime on a diet program, on a diet book. I will continue to join the gym and work out because I love that. And, you know, I'm not rejecting the notion that I want to look as good as I can. I do. I shower. I try to make my hair look nice. I wear mascara because I don't really have any eyelashes to speak of. So I like the way I look with mascara better than without. I like to paint my nails and get a pedicure and I'm still going to do those things. But I'm not going to do things based out of fear, like color my hair because I'm so afraid of somebody seeing a gray hair or I'm not going to be afraid to step on a scale because of what it might say. And I'm not going to be afraid to feel sexy and worthy and smart and intelligent and um, deserving of whatever this world has to author, offer me because I don't look like Jennifer Aniston or Jennifer Lopez or whoever it is, the Kardashians. You know, I just am I'm rejecting that. The truth is, I had messages from a very young age that I internalized. I mean, for God's sake, I wrote in my diary at 9 or 10 that I had started a diet and I wasn't fat. It has always been in my conscience. I remember when I weighed at most significant events in my life, and some not so significant. I did stop weighing myself about five years ago, but that hasn't really brought me full freedom. I avoid it because it seriously steals my peace and makes me feel horrible. So I just stopped doing it. I guess I, I want to be able to take it or leave it, have dessert or bread or don't, weigh myself or not, whatever state that is, and have it be okay. I know the least interesting thing about me is how much I weigh, has nothing to do with how smart I am, how competent I am, how much my family loves me or how much I love them. I know the people that love me don't see me and think, oh, wow, she is not at her goal weight yet. Boy, I can't believe she hasn't lost those five or 10 pounds or look at her. Her face is bloated. You know, the people that love me, they don't think that I don't think that way when I see people that I love. I love their beautiful faces. I love their smiles. I love their laugh. I love how they make me feel. And I love spending time with them. So I, I get that. Uh, I recently got married about two years ago and it was a beautiful day. It was a summer day in July and we had a small group of people there. It was our closest friends and family. We had 50 people and it was just a lovely day. It was everything I wanted it to be. There was a lot of love. There was laughter. There was music. We got married at a lakeside in Skinny Atlas, New York, which is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. And then we went on a boat cruise with all of our friends and family for dinner, watched the sunset, and it was just an amazing day. I loved it. Loved everything about it. I loved my dress. I loved my shoes. I did my own hair and makeup because I was just determined that I didn't need to be that fussy. I hired uh, a low-cost photographer, a friend of my niece who could just come and take pictures. I just didn't want it to be fussy, but I wanted to record the day. And then a couple of days after the ceremony, I started looking at the pictures. Maybe it was even the next day. I started looking at the pictures from the day. And my first thought was, oh, oh, I, I thought I looked better in that dress. 
oh my gosh, why didn't I wear more of a girdle? Where is my shapewear? I wore completely the wrong shapewear and I have my gut is hanging out. I have a visible belly outline in that dress. What was I thinking? And oh, why didn't I lose 20 pounds before my wedding? Oh my gosh, Kelly, you could have done that. You had time. Why didn't you lose that weight? You know, and that's where my brain first went. That was my first reaction, and I think it's habit. It's how I've lived my whole life. Every time I see a picture, I think that way. But then I really started looking at the pictures, and the other thought that I had was, wow, I look happy. I look happy. And I was coming off of a period in my life where I had not thought of myself as happy in a very long time. And I I wasn't happy for a very long time. And I didn't know I was capable of that kind of happiness again. And so I saw those pictures for my wedding. And I will have to say that maybe that's when it started for me, because maybe when this whole journey started for me about dismantling these belief systems is because I was determined to not let Uh, my disappointment and how I looked in my dress and the fact that I hadn't lost weight before my wedding, I was determined to not let that override the happiness I saw in my face. And I don't know if I would have felt that way if, if I hadn't gone through so much pain and heartbreak leading up to my wedding. But I was just, I thought, oh my gosh, Kelly, you you are happy there and you love him and he loves you and look at the way you're looking at each other and look at your family look at your dad and your mom and they're dancing and your little nieces flouncing around in your dresses and every single person in my family was at the at that wedding and yeah so stop it stop it right now and you know that was just really honestly what happened and I think maybe a couple of years ago that started me on this journey of being determined to not let that belief system that habit that I've developed in this one area of my life ruin really happy moments and the other thing that I've discovered on this journey is that when I'm constantly thinking about my weight, when I'm constantly thinking about dieting or the fact that my pants are too tight or my belly is showing when I sit down, when I'm constantly thinking about that stuff and it's taking up so much mental real estate in my mind, I'm not present. I'm not present at what's happening at that moment. I'm not present at, you know, whoever I'm with and who I'm talking to and the concert that I'm at, the dinner that I'm at, the show that I'm seeing, you know, all those things steal your presence and steal your life. And that, my friend, needs to stop. So I'm determined. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you listening to me go on and on about this today. I hope you got something useful out of it. I hope if you're somebody like me who has struggled with this your whole life, I hope that maybe this is causing you to stop and think about your belief systems. And, you know, there are some resources that I have found recently that have helped me. And one was uh, this book that I read called My Body is Not an Apology really good book. There's so much tied up to in this uh, physical appearance that has to do with race, that has to do with ability and disability, and that has to do with gender identification and white supremacy. And, you know, there's just, if you really study it, there's such a deep-rooted history in all of this. 
that's pretty mind-blowing. So I really liked that book, My Body is Not an Apology. I also have found a couple of podcasts. One is called Unfuck Your Brain, and one is called No BS Weight Loss, How to Lose 100 Pounds with Corinne Crabtree. I really like her approach. I'll put these things on my website. So I'll reference them on there. You can go to my website, kellybargabas.com slash podcast. Check, those, uh, check that information out. You can also listen to any other episodes. And like I said, I'm going to continue this journey of unpacking belief systems. And next on my list is alcohol. Don't be scared. It's not about addiction per se. It's not about AA. It's not about shame, judgment, or rules. It's really just me taking an honest look at myself. And so if you're interested in that topic, then join me. Thanks again. Until we meet again, take care.